Hello, I'm Father Joe Roche of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Thank you for joining us as we continue with our year-long journey, reading the diary of St. Maria Faustina Kowalska from beginning to end. Today, we take up from where we left off, beginning with diary entry number 709. October 3rd, 1936. During the rosary today, I suddenly saw a ciborium with the Blessed Sacrament. The ciborium was uncovered and quite filled with hosts. From the ciborium came a voice. These hosts have been received by souls converted through your prayer and suffering. At this point, I felt God's presence as a child would. I felt strangely like a child. When one day I felt I would be unable to carry on till nine and asked S.N. for something to eat because I was going to bed earlier as I was not feeling well, S.N. answered, But you are not ill, sister. They only wanted you to have some rest, so they made up the illness. Oh, my Jesus, my illness is so far advanced that the doctor has separated me from the sisters to prevent them from becoming infected, and yet one is judged in this way. But that's good. All this is for you, my Jesus. I do not want to write much about external matters, for they are not the reason for my writing. I want in particular to note the graces granted me by the Lord, because these are not only for me, but for many other souls as well. October 5th, 1936. Today, I received a letter from Father Sopochko. I learned that he intends to publish a holy card of the merciful Christ. He asked me to send him a certain prayer, which he wants to put on the back, if he receives the Archbishop's approbation. Oh, what great joy fills my heart that God has let me see this work of his mercy. How great is this work of the Most High God! I am but his instrument. Oh, how ardently I desire to see this feast of the divine mercy which God is demanding through me. But if it is the will of God that it be celebrated solemnly only after my death, even so, I rejoice in it already, and I celebrate it interiorly with my confessor's permission. I saw Father Andras today, kneeling and engulfed in prayer, and suddenly Jesus stood by him, and holding out both hands over his head, he said to me, He will lead you through. Do not fear. October 11th. This evening, as I was writing about this great mercy of God and its great advantage to souls, Satan rushed into my room with great anger and fury. He seized the screen and began to break and crush it. I was a little frightened at first, but I immediately made the sign of the cross with my little crucifix, and the beast fell quiet and disappeared at once. Today, I do not see this hideous figure, but only his anger. Satan's anger is terrible, and yet the screen was not shattered or broken, and I went on writing quietly. I know well that the wretch will not touch me without God's willing it, but what is he up to? He is beginning to attack me openly and with such great fury and hate, 
but he does not disturb my peace for a moment, and this composure of mine makes him furious. The Lord said to me today, Go to the superior and tell her that I want all the sisters and wards to say the chaplet which I have taught you. They are to say it for nine days in the chapel in order to appease my father and to entreat God's mercy for Poland. I answered the Lord that I would tell her, but that I must first speak with this with Father Andrash, and I resolved that as soon as Father comes, I will speak to him at once about this matter. When Father arrived, the circumstances were such that they prevented me from seeing him, but I should not have paid any attention to the circumstances and should have gone and settled the matter. I thought to myself, well, I'll do it when he comes again. Oh, how much that displeased God. In one moment, the presence of God left me, that great presence of God which is continuously within me in a distinctly felt way. At that moment, however, it completely left me. Darkness dominated my soul to such an extent that I did not know whether I was in the state of grace or not. Therefore, I did not receive Holy Communion for four days, after which I saw Father Andras and told him everything. He comforted me, saying, You have not lost the grace of God, but all the same, be true to him. The moment I left the confessional, God's presence enveloped me as before. I understood that God's grace must be received just as God sends it, in the way he wants, and one must receive it in that form under which God sends it to us. Here, St. Faustina is judged by another sister who thinks that she is not really ill. Actually, St. Faustina has tuberculosis of the lungs, and she was put in the infirmary to not infect the other sisters. Nevertheless, she is judged by others, and she offers her sufferings to the Lord because she knows that the graces that the Lord grants to her are not just for her, but for many others. And we can see this in two ways. First of all, her sufferings are offered up to the Lord and they help many souls, but also that she writes all this down and that we can see how God is acting in her soul so we can come to understand how God wants to act in our souls. So in that sense, those graces are also for us. St. Faustina receives a letter from Father Sapochko on October 5th, 1936, exactly two years before her death. He wants to publish a Divine Mercy Holy Card if he receives the Archbishop's approval. How happy St. Faustina is, and how many such holy cards have been distributed through the years. This work of mercy really takes off only after St. Faustina's death. As she says in her diary, uh, death stops nothing that is good. Jesus assures Faustina that Father Andras will direct her steps. And she writes of encountering the evil one. She knows that the Lord will protect her. The evil one is enraged because she snatches so many souls from him. Jesus asks Faustina to have the sisters and the wards pray the chaplet for nine days for Poland. Faustina runs into some obstacles so it doesn't get done. And then Jesus withdraws his presence from her and she ends up not receiving communion for four days. And when all is resolved, she realizes 
that she must receive God's graces and act on them just as he sends it and in the way that he wants and under the form in which he sends it. In other words, we shouldn't try to transform God's grace, God's plan into what would be convenient for us. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have enjoyed this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help other people throughout the world find St. Faustina's Diary in a Year. Remember, Jesus promised St. Faustina in Diary number 1075, Souls who spread the honor of divine mercy are protected by God like an infant by a gentle mother. Please help us spread the message of divine mercy. Thank you, and God bless you. Visit shopmercy.org to order your copy of Divine Mercy in My Soul, the diary of St. Maria Faustina Kowalska. It's available in print in English, Spanish, and Polish, and in English as an e-book, available now on shopmercy.org. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org.